0: Welcome to episode two of Time Added On. Um, The the league season is back. It feels like it's never been away, but um, the league season is back. How uh, how was your weekend, Tom?
1: Yeah, well, apart from the results on Saturday, it was good. I was uh, in New Forest with uh, a West Ham fan, a Brentford fan, a Leeds fan, a Newcastle fan. There's not a, a poor joke coming your way, by the way. It's just, yeah. A real mixed uh, mixed group of footy fans, um, so I wish the result was was better, but that the weekend was good. I've got a bit of a I've come away with a bit of a samba So injury from it. Yeah. Just... Got the fun of talking about uh, three o'clock on Saturday again now, haven't we? So
0: yeah, yeah, fairly relaxed on my part. It was uh, it was nice to get back into the usual routine. So scrambling around on Friday night trying to get a a fantasy league team together. Um, Saturday morning, the classic wake up, get the accumulator on, sort the super six out. But um, yeah, it was nice to have it back. It was uh, some things have have never changed. The joys of I follow. Um, Obviously, paid my ten pounds for this weekend and. Took me about forty minutes to get iFollow working, but managed to get there two minutes to three, which was good. So um, it's nice to see that the software and the uh, and the i Follow technology has uh, not been upgraded in the uh, in the new season. As we said last week, we we, um, we start the season with with hope and. Um, we actually start the league season with a defeat. So, should we um, We may as well get straight into it then. Obviously, 2-0 defeat away at QPR on opening day to kick us off. Um, what are your overall thoughts in terms of the overall performance? Classic LaMucci to kick us off?
1: I was expecting that kind of performance. Um, like I said, in last week's episode, I think the first game was always going to be um, a slow affair. And I think it's fair to say that first was was fairly slow. QPR were, were playing a very wide game. They had a couple of bright sparks on, on the wings in Asai Samuel, who's not gone anywhere yet. And Elias Cher, who I thought looked fantastic. Um, and Forrest were also trying to play wide. They started spraying some balls from centre back to, to Lolly and Nuno De Costa. Uh, and then obviously Amiobi uh, and Co. came on in the second half. But yeah, it's just Forrest didn't seem to offer much creativity from their wide. Wide midfield whereas, whereas QPR pretty much run down and saw flaws in, in our fullback positioning, um, yeah, and obviously we'll come onto onto the team and people who were who were brought in and certain individuals that were left out, um, but yeah, I think QPR played it well, and they certainly showed something which I think we also mentioned last week, and what I think Forrest are missing is just a bit more of a spark.
0: It just never seemed to get going, did it? I mean, the first half, as you say, I, I was kind of expecting somewhat of a cagey, cagey affair. We talked last week about the fact, obviously, pre-season's only been um, a few weeks old. And it felt like the Barnsley game last week was a, a glorified pre-season friendly. And I feel like we felt like players were still trying to find their feet in uh, in Sabri Lamucci's system. Obviously, the seven that he brought in... Um, you know, it's gonna take them time to adapt, but certainly that first half, um, it just never really got going. Um both sides had, had decent chances, so so obviously we had the chance that I think Blackie put into the box and Grab and Lolly went for the same header and it just spurned yeah. wide and QPR had a glorious chance down the other end in the first half. So pretty even Stevens and then the second half obviously was just littered with uh with a few errors and Again, we just missed missed a few chances, so it it just felt like a you know a classic start from a Lamucci, if you like, in terms of the the, the team selection and how he set up and the shape, and then obviously what that kind of played out across the ninety minutes. So, from from a team point of view, there was there was a few obvious uh, admissions uh, admissions rather. Um, there was a few interesting selections from just being left people being left out of the squad. Most noticeably, obviously, Blackett coming in at left back. Um, Gabriel again sec- getting his second start after following his uh, debut up against Barnsley the week before. Yates obviously kept his place in, in centre midfield and De Costa, surprisingly, keeping his place on the wing. Um, noticeable people being left out of the squad were completely were Ribeiro, Bashiru, and Cavallo. So, interesting, I think, first team selection from Sabri. And I don't think too many of us, certainly from our tweet on Friday night, this was not the team that we were expecting,
1: no, and I think um the most notable exclusion um would have been ribbed Ribiero left back. I think that was a bit of a surprise, and obviously Lamucci gave his damning verdict um about that mistake
0: as he called it um after the match which um, which which for me, Tom, just on that I find that i thought I thought lamucci's comment about. It being a mistake to leave ribeiro out completely. Um, I thought it was harsh on Tyler Blackett. I actually thought Tyler Blackett had a a reasonably solid game, not necessarily spectacular, but he definitely offered a bit down that left hand side. Um and I think that comment won't have done his confidence, confidence any good whatsoever. And but but I'm surprised as I say it wasn't um it wasn't a poor performance for him. I would say it was a it was a solid performance if if uh unspectacular, as I say. But I thought that was a, was a little bit unfair from Sabri in terms of the way he worded that when asked.
1: Yeah, I think it was a surprise to see him come out and as bluntly as that about someone who's only been at the club a few weeks. Um and he was a player that, that Sabri did really want, if we believe reports. He was someone that that Sadbury asked the board specifically to go out and get. Um so it was a bit of a surprise. He's played one game, well, one league game, and um, he's come out and already gave quite a damning verdict on his left.
0: Well, he, you know, he's played one league. He's played one league game, obviously at left back. He started last week um, against Barnsley at centre back. So, you know, he, he's been chopped and changed and put into different positions. As I say, I, I just I found that comment really surprising, and I was slightly disappointed in that, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think
1: um, I think. The problem is is that Rubiero offers something that I think Sabri quite, quite likes, which is he likes his fullbacks to get, get forward, and Ribs is good at that. Um, and I think Gabriel, on the opposite side, did quite a lot of that against QPR as well. And we'll come on to how I kind of actually felt that left forest slightly exposed at times, given given the wide play that they were playing and how forceful they were on the wings. So I think... You know, I think that's probably more where his comment comes from. Ribeiro played there for most of last season. I'm just, for me, I don't really understand the logic in the first place. And it would have been nice to have heard why, exactly what his thinking was.
0: And the one position that, um, when we, again, when we put the tweet out on Friday night, asking for, for what people thought the team was going to be, I suppose the one position that no one could quite agree on was the right-back. And... um and how you kind of fill the void left by Matty Cash? And as I say, actually there was quite a varying degree of opinion when we when when we had that conversation. And actually, when we were having the chat as well, there was a, a, a varied uh, difference in opinion. Obviously, um, the Athletic and Paul Taylor have been convinced that Derick was going to be the man to fill that void. Um, Jenkinson doesn't seem to be getting a sniff. Didn't start at Barnsley, and, and obviously wasn't didn't start again this week uh, against QPR. And actually, young Gabriel then has obviously got the chance to follow up his performance against Barnsley, which, as we said last week, um, was a solid, solid debut. Started off really well, but um, there's definitely he's quite a raw talent that obviously needs work. Um, were We pleased that he got a, a second chance, and obviously, do we now think that that's his shirt uh, to lose, if you like? Yeah,
1: I think um, it, like you said, it came up quite a bit after we tweeted um, our predictions for the team on Friday. Um, and a few people did come back, a few fans came back and said um, that they would have liked to have seen Gabriel keep the shirt, you know, give him a run of games, get his confidence up. I mean, he's had two defeats whilst he's played. So, but, but you know, the more he plays, the more he'll get into the games and into the squad shape and, and giving him that confidence. I, I personally think that was the right decision.
0: Yeah, I mean his, his performance on on Saturday, I think it's worth worth touching on that now. Is um, it reminded me of um, when Matty Cash first went into right back uh, in, in in those spells under the, say uh, Montagnier and people like that in in terms of his he's definitely got the raw attributes to to be the type of fullback that Lamucci is looking forward looking for. So he can he can bomb forward, he can support the attacks. I thought where. He was slightly let down, and as I say, it did cause us. Uh, it did cause us numerous problems, and it felt like certainly in the first half that most of the chances that they were creating were were coming down that side of the pitch. And and as you say, QPR targeted him a touch, but positionally he was he was caught out of he was caught out a few times. And I think against a better team, um, who who were a little bit more street wise and a little bit more had a little bit more nous out on that wide left. We may have paid the price. Um, so just something for him to work on. And I think, as I say, Lamucci, Lamucci worked wonders with um, with Matty Cash last year. So hoping, obviously, give him a run of games, um, get Lamucci and his coaching staff to work with him. He's definitely got the raw attributes, but something certainly to watch out because he needs to work on that. On Defensively, his positioning was a little bit uh, out of kilter at times. I think it's important to note that Unfortunately, for him,
1: um, teams are going to target him because people know that's that's you know Forrest have lost my cash. It's that's not like a hidden secret that none of the, I mean, if the Championship managers don't end up targeting uh, a young right back who's only just coming to the team, um, I'd probably question some of the managers in the league. So he is going to get targeted. I, I would put lots of money on Cardiff targeting on Saturday. Um, so he will get targeted. It's up to him to step up to that, and he's going to have to just uh, take that role a bit more um, by the scruff of the neck and, and really go at attackers. Um, and that's just something you know. We'll see whether that happens, and that that will come. You know, will his quality shine through? I hope so. Um, but he is just going to have to, unfortunately, for him uh, because of the Matty Cash situation. He, you know, he he will get targeted, and, and that's the end of it. That's the bottom line of
0: it. In terms of the general ebbs and flows of the match, as I say, the first half didn't, overly, uh, didn't offer much as a spectacle. Um, and the second half was a slight improvement, but of, obviously of a very low base. I mean, the, one of the things that stood out to me, and I think this is going to be a pattern, actually, with teams when they come up against Forrest, which is why Lumucci is going to have to work on a, on a plan B or maybe adjust his style on what is it. QPR seemed happy to let, let Forrest have the ball. Certainly, if you look at the possession stats, both first half and second half, Forrest had a lot more of the ball away from home um, than they did in, in the vast majority of matches last season. And, and QPR seemed to be happy to let Forrest have the ball. They, they tried, obviously, a couple of times to have the high press to put the back four under pressure when in possession, but the vast majority of the time, Forrest had a lot of the ball. So I think the possession stats were relatively kind of 50-50 or 55-45 in favour of Forrest, um, which is unusual. Not unusual for most football matches, but unusual for Forrest under Lamucci. Um, do you, I think, how do you think Forrest utilised the ball? Did you see that as a pattern as well in terms of, was that a definite ploy from QPR to let Forrest have the ball more? One hundred
1: percent. One hundred percent. It's again, it kind of goes back to me talking about managers targeting Gabriel. Managers will know about the fact that Forest don't like having the ball. Um, it's something that got continuously mentioned on Sky Sports every single time we played. If we were winning games, they would always mention the facts that we had, you know, sometimes it could be as low as 35 to 40 percent of the possession. Um, and then, if we were losing games and the stats did seem to show us having around 55 to 60% of the possession, that would always get flagged. Um, and I think that is something now that a lot of championship teams are going to have clocked on. So it is something for us to have to get better at. You know, that's what I'm hoping the addition of Freeman offers. And that's why I also still think we do need to add something else in central midfield because I think when we have the ball, we kind of look a little bit lost. Most of Forrest's pressing and play on, on Saturday was from long diagonal balls from the likes of Figs um to
0: Lolly. Um Well, noticeably the, the, the one move the, the one move that happened time again, time and time again, it was actually Warrell Warrell playing that ball straight out to Lolly on the right wing and, and balls a little bit of joy at at time and I think there was a noticeable pattern there. I think it happened two, three, four times in quite quick succession that Warrell would get the ball uh, on the left-hand side of um, of defence and try that long diag to, to Lolly. And that was almost a way to try and bypass the, 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 the tight midfield. And the fact that actually, I thought Coleback had a really, I think he had a tidy first game. And I think actually filling in for for Watson, you can see he was going about that role quite well. And obviously, probably with a little bit, bit more m- mobility in there. And I think, Ryan Yates gets a lot of undue criticism. And he has done this weekend. Forest have lost, and it, instantly he seems to be this year's scapegoat. Um, But I just think as a pairing, they don't offer too much going forward. They're both happy. And, and I think Ryan Yates has been picked to try and do that box-to-box role, and he does get further forward, but that's not his game. He's, he's a, he's a blood-and-thunder type midfielder, and he'll get his foot in there and he'll break up play and he'll support in that way but I think going forward they didn't you know they don't offer enough support a Colback and Yates pairing and I think that's why they almost had to play that long diagonal because the gap between our midfield two and then the forwards was too much and there needs to be some sort of that we need to, to get another midfield player in there who can start linking that centre midfield uh position up with the forwards and, and, and the striker up top. So, I think, agree, the long diagonal was definitely approach and probably one of the most direct I've seen Forrest go for quite some time, actually, on quite a small pitch. You know, I think you're
1: spot on in terms of, you play Yates alongside, alongside someone like a Colbach or a Watson or a Sambasau, or, and he doesn't, you know he doesn't offer that much going forward. So, you, you end up then having a very stale central midfield and you're linked to not even your wingers or your striker, but even to your number 10, which is where I think Forrest really struggled to get to get their number 10 into games. I mean, Freeman, um, you know, I, I think actually played yeah. quite well when, yeah. at times. But... Um, there is a huge problem in Forest linking their defensive part of their squad to their attacking part of their squad. It's not something that they've cracked, really, for a very long time. Um, they do seem to struggle with getting on the ball and just getting it forward through midfield. Um, they just try and bypass, bypass midfield instead, which obviously sometimes can work brilliantly, but teams will, will work that out. And then it's Forest's job to have a second plan, a plan B, a plan C, um, and I think sometimes they struggle to implement that. Obviously, we've got a new squad of signings, um, and Sabri's had another preseason now to try and implement some new ideas. So we'll see over the next the next few games, um, the next set of games, you know, whether Forest will have a bit of a different approach about things, yeah. especially at home. Will they? End up having well that'll of the be the, home, that'll yeah. be the
0: test at home i mean when when Forrest got their foot on the ball at the weekend there there was some there were some some bright moments I say not a lot not many of them but there were definitely some bright moments so i think in that certainly in that first half as well Freeman stood out to me as I thought he had a, he had a really good uh league debut for forrest and i think the the front three sorry the 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 Attacking midfield free of uh, Lolly Freeman and Decosta were interchanging. Certainly, Decosta and Freeman at times were interchanging, and I think he he got his foot on the ball. He had some really he had a couple of really nice touches where he got on the ball. and He, he took the play away from a, from a QPR defender, and obviously the best chance that we created in that first half was a link up between Freeman and Blackett down that left hand side for the cross into the box. So. I think definitely he was pleasing. I think they just, if they can, they've definitely got the players now. If they can get the foot on the ball and move it about and push it forward. Um, if you've got a player like Freeman, you've got to play like that. You've got to try and play like that and, and play through. But as I say, I suppose it's going to be that centre midfield uh, option that's going to allow them, allow them to do that. Um, should we talk about the back four? And in particular, Figueredo for the penalty. Didn't particularly think it was his best game. Uh he got caught out a couple of times in the first half. Um and with the penalty, he just gave himself too much to do. Again, positionally all wrong. Um once the ball had kind of gone over the top and Figueredo had got himself the wrong side, there was only ever going to be one outcome because we all know that um at times he can be a little bit clumsy. It was a real I think it was a real disappointing. Uh, it's a real disappointing for me that because as I say other than the chance that QPR had first half, I thought we'd relatively kept them at bay up until that point. So um, yeah, huge turning point. And again, just another question mark over Figueredo for me.
1: I think Figueredo looks like a frustrated figure um, and he looked like that towards the end of last season. There was just little mistakes and he looked mentally and physically drained Um and he still doesn't seem to have picked himself up from it. And it's a worry because um, the longer a player like that goes on a run like that, it kind of gets hard for them to come out of it. And I've always liked Figueredo, but there are a few question marks starting to come up with him now. Um, he can't keep making clumsy mistakes um, because it's those clumsy mistakes that can change the game, uh, that can turn it on its head. us could have a few chances, but then if Figueredo is going to inevitably... Give away a penalty at the back, or or do something um, which gives away a free kick in a dangerous area, or or creates an opportunity for the team, then that's all that hard work undone anyway. So there's obviously more question marks that are now going to come because of the signing of Loic So. So it's an interesting one, and I know we'll we'll be getting onto it, but I think there will be questions about who your best. Centre back. Players, yeah, I, I, um, I'd and say, and say as well. We, I mean, it wasn't
0: just Figueroa. There was a few times in that second half where Forrest loved defensively to shoot themselves in the foot because lack of concentration. There was a, there was a, there was a a spell or or an uh, incident in the second half where it was pin it was pinballing around our six yard box because the just the concentration from both Worrell, Figueroa had just gone. It had just absolutely gone. And we were looking in that spell that the ball didn't end up in the back of the net. And it, it gives flashbacks. That, that gave me a little bit of nervous flashbacks to that Stoke game. And so there are elements of that, as I say, there's two schools of thought. There's a school of thought that actually, Figueroa and Worrell, on their day, are arguably one of the best partnerships in, in the league. And we've seen that, and we have seen that. And as I say, they've stood out and they can be a formidable pairing. I just think the question marks me is time and time again, you can sit here and you can have the conversation around, well, Figueiredo has made an unfortunate error. Uh, that's led to a goal. Lack of concentration, we got away with one there. I, it, I think it's interesting. I think, as I say, they're both good players. Obviously, Worrell's got interest from the Premier League and you don't do that if you're, if you're not a good player. It'll be interesting to see, as I say, how he shapes it up now. Um, he's got options again at centre-half. You know, He's got options. You could put Tyler black it back in there if you want to the left side of centre half alongside Worrell you've got so now coming into the squad and we'll you know there's question marks whether he'll be available for next week whether they want to integrate him into the squad first for a period before they do that but he's definitely got options and I think that'll be something that will be giving Lamucci, uh food for thought if you like over the next few days ahead of that game against Cardiff because Cardiff will be a tough game for the fact that they will start with a big man up top and that will cause questions. So, interesting one to um, interesting one to watch out for next week. Um, why do we only start playing when we go behind? I think that was a frustrating thing for me uh, on Saturday is that we go a goal behind and then all of a sudden we start going for it. And in that second half when we started going for it, we actually created three... Four, if you include the one where Yates at the post, the bar, um, we actually created three or four clear-cut chances, and and probably I would say should have come away with at least a point. Obviously, you would have put the ball in the back of the net, but that's a frustrating thing as a Forest fan, Tom.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I think uh, I feel like I'm constantly just saying it reminds me of the end of last season. It reminds me of the end of last season. We said this in last week's episode about the end of last season, but you look at the Stoke game. Uh, which I I know we kind of want to put to bed, but just in terms of that kind of thing, you look at the Stoke game, uh, we didn't bother playing. Stoke, well, we played well, but then um, we kind of sat back a little bit. Stoke went a goal up and then we started chasing the game and we started playing really well. And then when we equalised, we stopped playing again. Um, It's very frustrating because when Forest are on the attack um, and they're really gunning for it, they're very difficult to stop. Uh, teams seem to struggle to, to, to really get anything away from Forest and, and stop their, their driving at their defences. Um, so it's incredibly frustrating because the annoying thing is is that by the time Forest have gone 1-0 down, it, it looks difficult for them to come back. It doesn't matter even if they do start playing. They start to get a bit frustrated. Uh, they miss a couple of chances. It's maybe too late on in the game so they don't have enough time. And yeah, it it's incredible it's an incredibly frustrating part of Forest Game at the moment, um under under Lemucci in recent times when we're watching. Yeah,
0: and, and I mean some criticism over Lamucci's substitutions on Saturday, which um I can understand to an extent. I think it's worth noting. Obviously, Amiobi made a huge difference when he came on. Um just gave us a real outlet. So, I mean he he nearly made it he nearly scored straight away after coming on. Uh and just made a huge difference. And and having that kind of dynamic threat going down that left-hand side, I thought he was brilliant. And as I say, combining with, as always combining with Grabben, I mean, Grabben will be gutted. You would would bank your house on him putting at least one of the three chances that came his way in the back of the net. And on another day, he he scores at least one of those and and we come away from a point and it's a slightly different conversation. But I've got no doubt, you know, that that that... That was just an off day for Grabban, and that he will come good. I think anyone kind of um, raising question marks already at this stage about Lewis Graben. We saw that last season. He'll have games where he missed his chance, and then he'll go on a purple patch where he'll score every game in kind of four, five, six in a row. So not not too concerned about that. Disappointed, but not too concerned. But the chances were there, um, and it all came on from we all came from when Amiobi came on. For me, the Costa again failed to, you know, flattered to deceive. He offered that literally pretty much nothing. I mean, there was one nice touch in the first half where he, he shifted the ball quickly um, between his feet and got away, but then spurned the through ball straight through to grab him with, with kind of a poor ball. That was pretty much it. And and other than kind of a handful of games in that lockdown, post-lockdown run last year, um, where, you know, he looked like he, he could give us a spark. He's offered pretty much pretty much nothing. Um, and that's a disappointment, Tom.
1: Yeah, look, I don't wanna I don't want to criticize De Costa too much. Um, he's obviously had to kind of get used to the league and probably during a very difficult time to get used to the league when yeah, he came that's in fair. during the second that's half fair. of the season and then obviously COVID happened and we've now come into a new season off the back of a traumatic end to last season with a short pre-season. So he's he's coming to Forest in very difficult circumstances. But I do agree. Um, I haven't yet to see what he offers. I've not seen him create loads. He's obviously not, not scored. Yeah, I'm yet to really see what he does offer that team. And I thought it was quite telling that when Amiobi came on, He made a world of difference. We did seem to be a lot brighter and have a bit more of a spark um, in the wide areas, which I think was an important part of Saturday's game. Like I said, QPR, everything was there for them in the wide areas. And and that's where Forrest should have looked to have exposed as well on the back of that. But um, yeah, it cost us a frustrating one. I mean, you know, you never know. We, the next few games, he ends up getting a hat trick versus Cardiff. Hopefully, uh, yeah, makes us look right idiots. Hopefully. I'd love hopefully. that. But but I I don't mind if he makes us look like idiots. But at the moment, I'm yet to see what he gives us, um, and I'm just hoping we do find a player in there. He cuts um, a frustrated
0: figure out on that left hand side. I mean, does he? You could argue, you know, when we signed him. In January, the thought process was that he would be someone who could compete for the, for the shirt off Graben um, and support him. Is he a man who, I mean, we know he has the ability to play wide because that was obviously one of his strengths when we signed him. But he definitely, to me, sometimes cuts a frustrated figure out there that he'd rather be playing more century than being put out on the left wing.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's just see what he offers. I mean, I don't think he's going to have too much of a sniff at that striker's role because you've got and you've got Lyle Taylor. Um, and like I've said before as well, I think, surprisingly, I think Lamucci sees in as kind of a mm. forward option as well. So I don't think he's going to get too much of a sniff. So he's going to have to find a way, if he wants to have a part in Lamucci's forest plans, he's going to have to find a way to create and have some end products from yeah. that wide area. And the other
0: substitutes, yeah, you mentioned, obviously, Maiten came on and, and Lyle Taylor came on to try and impact the game, as I say, when Forrest were going for the equaliser. Obviously, people's come off for those, were obviously, Freeman and Lolly, and there's obviously been some frustration on on Twitter, certainly, in terms of Lamucci's tactical um, game plan there. Obviously, 1-0 behind and taking off Freeman, who was um, arguably, well, without a doubt, at that stage, probably Forrest most... Uh, attacking biggest attacking threat again obviously just saying what I was going back to what I was talking about at the start of the pod it's probably worth noting that Freeman Luke Freeman has not played that much football and obviously Joe Lolly was coming back from a, an injury that really kept him out or made him play kind of a bit part towards the end of last season so I think you have to give Lamucci some benefit of the doubt for that because that will have been the back of his mind and whether those guys were running out of steam in there first competitive match we saw it on QPR side as well I think Cameron for them and certainly Rob Dickey at the back they were both struggling and gasping for air at times in that second half so I mean it affected players on both sides but just to give Lamucci the benefit of the doubt there you do have to kind of say well both of those guys have been struggling in the past for game time and fitness so probably I can understand why his reasons were at that stage to take those guys off and and bring some fresh legs on. So look, it feels it feels crazy to even be talking about this after one league game and obviously one cup game, but Lamucci is coming under pressure. Um, and as obviously we record this, obviously there's been a, a an article in the Athletic this morning saying that their sources from inside Forest suggest that time is running out fast for him, and that obviously he needs a run of results sooner rather than later to to stem the the tide from last season and obviously the. The, um, the reaction, I suppose, and the general feeling amongst the supporter base that we touched on last week, but he needs a result fast.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was always, you know, it is crazy to be talking about it after just one league game, um, but it's not a surprise either. We, we all expected there to be very early pressure if results didn't come thick and fast. Uh, we've lost a cup game and a league game. Um, and we did say last week that the problem with this hangover from the end of last season, it will be about when can we get those those first few wins under our belts. The longer that doesn't go on for, unfortunately, time will will inevitably run out for Lamucci. So, you know, I'm not surprised whatsoever. But we Forest do need to start picking up some results. I know it's only been one league game, yeah. one cup game.
0: I mean, to put um, into context, but... Tom, I think it's an important thing to say that I, I can. I can kind of understand the frustration. Obviously, the performance against Barnes and the performance against QPR weren't the best and and lacklustre at times. And they obviously um, didn't really get going in either of those games. The form post-lockdown and obviously what happened to us, I don't think we need to touch on again, but obviously what happened at the end of last season is really, um, it's going to stick in the memories with obviously the supporters and the players for, for quite some time. And then obviously... Coming into this season, you need to get off to a flying start. I think the stats are that, what is it? We've had no wins in the last eight games, um, Mm. which is not a great run of form. The last win I think we had was Bristol City at home in terms of the 1-0, which was a set-piece goal as well. I think the stats are even longer in terms of the the amount of goals we've scored from open play um, in that run of games isn't great either. So, I could get the growing sense of concern and frustration um, I understand that. I, I just personally, it's quite annoyed me, this article this morning, if that is the fact, if that is the truth, that obviously Lemouch is under under real pressure now, that if he doesn't start to get a result against Cardiff and then Huddersfield away the week after, then he could be in real trouble. To put it into context, that's three league games. It's not enough. It, it, you know, the, the board have backed him. They've backed him with, so far, seven new signings through the door. I dare say there'll be a few more as well. Um, we've only had kind of four or five weeks of preseason for those to gel. We again we talked to it during the QPR section, but um, players like Freeman, Coleback, your bigger signings that you brought in, they're going to need time to get up to speed. They're going to need time to adjust. They they have allowed him to bring his own backroom team in. And that also needs time for those guys to get their new ideas across to the squad. Um, He it, it needs time, doesn't he, Tom? I mean, all these things taken into account, it almost feels, I mean, it feels ridiculous that we're even talking about this after one league game. But I, I, I can understand it. But he needs time, surely. Yeah, obviously, he's been backed. Uh, Like you say, he's brought in a whole heap of,
1: of new backroom staff um to work with him. Um, but football's a results business at the end of the day, just to look at it from a bit of a different perspective. Like you said, it's no win in eight, including five defeats, one goal in 360 minutes of football, um, and an average points per game of 1.25 over the last 24 matches. It's poor. It is a poor run of form. And I know, I mean, again, look at it from another flip side. It was during a, a really difficult period, of, a period of football that's never kind of had before after, after lockdown and coming back after lockdown and, you know, having to continue a season after, after a couple of months of, of no games. Um, it was a difficult period of time at a pivotal end, end point of the season. Um, but it is a results business. And although I do think he does need a bit more time, um, we, we, he knows the score. You know, he knows the score. He knows. I'm, I'm pretty positive that um, the board, you know, Marinakis and Co. will have made their desires abundantly clear. Um, I'm pretty sure that's why he actually does have all this backroom staff and all these new signings because they will have gone right. You can have everything you want, but things have to change. And they to do, change Tom,
0: past. and, and know... I get that. And I say, look, we you know we had a conversation. We've had conversations before where you, you know you take it back to maybe even pre-lockdown so obviously we beat Leeds at home that night and obviously after that results were kind of a a mixed bag you go on and get a good you lose against Charlton you get a good result against um, West Brom you beat Cardiff away you look like absolute dross against Middlesbrough away Um, and obviously we lost against Millwall just before we went into lockdown so I, I get all that I take all that on board I take obviously, I'm still feeling it as much as everyone else is in terms of the way last season ended. The bit I really struggle with is if we're talking about making a change so quickly into the season after you've let him have all these signings, and you've let and we could argue we had a conversation in our WhatsApp group with a few of the lads in the fact that whether you know are they his signings or are they the recruitment team signs for me, he's had a major input because he's talked about wanting. Championship experience with know-how. It's no, you know, it's no no secret. Of the fact you wanted Freeman um and he wanted Tyler Blackett actually in January as well. For me, he's had a huge say in the recruitment process. So you let him bring in the players he wants, you let him bring the backroom staff in that he wants, and then you start talk about sacking him after two, three, four league games. It, it it's an absolute nonsense. You either sack him after Stoke or you back him. And you give him at least 10 games. And I, and I think um, we touched on it last week. You shouldn't be making any sort of decision on Lamucci's tenure until at least the end of October, which will be 10 games. Because then he's had a fair run. He's had a fair chance to get his ideas across. The players will be up to speed with what he wants. The players will be up to speed fitness-wise. And that will be a true gauge of what Nottingham Forest under Sabri Lamucci this season will look like. But to be having this conversation... One league game in, it just feels like an absolute nonsense to me. And if they were going to sack him, they should have done it the morning after Stoke. If they're going to keep him, you've got to give him a run of games.
1: Look, yeah, I mean, to look at it another way again, we could this this whole conversation could be pointless because you you pick up a win against Carl And I hope it is, Tom. I, I hope we're we'll having a laugh about this. Field. I hope we're we'll having a real
0: laugh about could this you... come October, November, December, and we're and we're sat nicely in, oh, it'd be great if we're top of the league, but let's say we're in the playoff spots and we'll all be laughing about this pressure because we talk about just needing that first win to get the ball rolling. Let's hope that's Saturday, yeah? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, look, you look at the upcoming games, you've got Cardiff at home, Huddersfield away, uh, and obviously, I mean, away at home's kind of, I mean, there's no fans in there at the moment anyway, but uh, Bristol City at home, Blackburn away, Rotherham at home, Derby at home, Luton away. It's not a good run. It's a good, run. Bad, it's a good bad, run. Yeah. So if Forest do pick up some some victories within that and start finding their feet again and start finding a bit of shape, I mean this could all look uh, ridiculous. I'm sure the article that came out this morning. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't huge shocking news to to those who who created it. I think it's probably something which, uh, if the defeat did happen yes uh, on Saturday. Um, that 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 article was pretty much uh, written in the stars uh, and ready to go out. I don't think there's any kind of any surprises there. The pressure was always going to come. Uh, the pressure has come, uh, and now Forest have to have to pick up some some victories. Um, and let's hope they do.
0: So all the standout results this weekend, Tom. There was um, it was an interesting picture in the in the championship. So I'm just going to run through a couple that that stood out for me. Obviously Watford. Got off to a 1-0 a, a win on, on Friday night against Middlesbrough at home. Um, not an outstanding match by any stretch of imaginations, but obviously a good start for them, obviously, with their squad also in a bit of turmoil. With I think they had so many players left out of the squad that um, they almost went with a second string. And that'll be their in for an interesting few weeks as that transfer window plays out. Obviously, Aita B- Karanka's Birmingham meet uh, Golden Boys Brentford one nil on Saturday lunchtime. So again I to getting off to a cracking start. Um
1: you enjoyed you enjoyed we all Brentford we all enjoy seeing
0: Brentford lose, yeah. yeah. Um Bournemouth three, Blackburn two. Um sounds like it wasn't a day to remember for for the Bournemouth goalkeeper. Um, noises being made that they may be in the market pretty sharpish for a, for a new keeper. Again, though, if you look at their squad on paper, extremely different to the team that ended last season. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for them. Um, always worth mentioning Derby when they lose. So they lost um, they lost two 0 at home to the team that I tipped for to finishing the bottom three. So um, good start for Reading. Not so good start for Derby. Let's hope that continues. Um, and by all accounts, they they weren't. They weren't very good. Um, so not the great start for, for Koku that they were hoping for down there. Um, Huddersfield lost at home 1-0 to Norwich. And, uh, and poor Huddersfield. Our, our man Dia Carby started for them, um, which was a huge shock, I think, given the um, he's been given the number 11 squad number again. So appears to have a future at Huddersfield. Um, the not in the top twenty podcast, but it's Huddersfield to be uh to finish in the bottom three. So again, a team who could be in for a long slog this winter. Um certainly seems to be the case if they're starting Dear Carby on the wing. Um and another interesting game actually, Preston Swansea. So Preston away winning that one nil, which is that's a that's a cracking start for Swansea. And again, a lot of people are tipping those guys to do quite well. And I had question marks over Swansea just because of obviously the lack of loan players Uh, in terms of Brewster and Gallagher. Um, But that's a good start for them. So then again, after their playoff hard take last year, that's a real good start to kind of kick off their season. So a couple of standout ones there, Tom? Yeah, I
1: think um, the Cranker getting his first victory for for Birmingham. Um, I didn't actually think that in terms of the signings that they've made, um, there was anything kind of special looking about Birmingham. Um, But it's a good victory for them against a Brentford team that, I have no doubts we'll still be up there um, this season. Um, even if they do end up losing Benarama, um, I think they'll have the players to still propel themselves up near the top. But that's a really good start for Cranker. So we'll see if he can avoid falling out with anyone for the rest It'll of the season. Um, he'll be gone by
0: Christmas. Um, Guarantee, he'll be gone by Christmas.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll, well, the less said about that, <laughs> the better. But um, another one for me, and it's not just because it is, is uh, Derby, um, but I was really surprised to see to see Reading uh, come out of that with a two-nil win. That um, I don't personally see um, anything anything amazing there in that Reading side. Um, they've signed a Jaria um, on a permanent, who I wouldn't have minded seeing at Forest Fair. Um, but I was I was really surprised to see Derby get off to the start they did. And you know it'll be interesting to see how Derby can pick themselves up. You know we, we've got to remember that that you know, they didn't have the season that they were kind of expecting. So if they get off to a slow start, it'll be interesting to see how that affects them. Maybe, maybe, uh, Wayne Rooney's Derby County could actually be Wayne Rooney managing Derby County, uh, in the not too distant future. Um, it, it would be interesting. It'd be very interesting. Um, but we wouldn't put any, anything past them. So, um, yeah, you know, some interesting results. And I think, again, we'll see some, the start of the season always brings, uh, a kind of interesting start yeah. results wise um, so I fully expect these kind of results to continue within the next few weeks. um It'll be interesting to see if anyone can kind of find consistency early on uh, because you'd really you'd really have to be looking to back then if if you can find that so um, yeah some, some interesting... and um and
0: Cardiff up next for us um as we've talked about, they'll be keen to respond as well after losing two at home to. Sheffield Wednesday on on opening day another result that didn't really see coming um, Wednesday obviously with their own problems off the pitch which has kind of impacted the some of the signings that they've been able to make of their squad depth Cardiff really not uh not having a great opening day so um they're a bit of a bogey side for us though at home we haven't beaten them since uh since 2012 at home um and there's certainly no love lost between Lamucci and Harris after the um, the Albert Adoma uh, transfer or lack of uh, transfer, if you will, last season. So real interesting one. Their summer business has been steady um, with the signs of Ojo from Liverpool and obviously Keiffer Moore, who they took for one point six to two million pounds from Wigan. Um, the latter, Keiffer Moore, you would think will lead the line. And that could cause us some problems. We talked about their defensive fragilities with, um, with Worrell and Figueroa. He's a man who, who has caused us issues in the past, um, last season. And that'll be a, that'll be a worry for, for the Mucci, which is why I think he'll, he'll, nice, he'll need to give that some thought in terms of what his back four looks like next week.
1: Yeah, I was really surprised to see them lose to, to Wednesday. Um, I fully had backed Cardiff to win, um, very disappointedly. Uh, five pounds down as I think they had um, they had a lot of the
0: ball from what from what I saw there or from what I read as well. They had a lot of the ball, but um, didn't create too much. They um, they really struggled to create any sort of sort of big chances for themselves on Saturday. So um, fingers crossed that happens again.
1: Yeah, I think uh, like you said, I think their big threat will be Keith and Moore. I'm not too too concerned about Shay Ojo. Um, when he was linked with us, I I really wasn't that bothered. So, um, Kiefer Moore will be an interesting one coming up against Worrell and and potentially Loic So or or Figueroa. It'll be interesting to see what he goes with. Um, But yeah, I I think they will obviously cause us some very obvious problems. Um, So, it will be interesting to see whether Lomucci will will decide to go with the 19-year-old So. Um, that will be quite an interesting start to his Forest and Championship life, um, coming up against a figure like Keith Moore. It'd be interesting to see if he has the, if he has the, you know, the, the power. Well, and strength yeah. we've not really, we've not
0: really We've not really character. touched on uh, on on so, so much throughout this episode, and obviously we'll come on to what we think the team might be, or what we'd pick. Certainly, who knows what the team will be, um, but what we'd pick for Cardiff, but. Seems to have all the attributes that, that that I certainly talked about in the last pod in terms of needing a, a strong physical ball playing centre half. He he appears on paper to have 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 all of that. Obviously, really highly thought of. I think mean it's worth noting he's really highly thought of at PSG. In the fact, they offered him a contract extension, wanted him to stay. He's actually played a number of games for them for the first team in pre season. Even scored even scored a goal for them in pre season. So. It appears as well that we've paid a decent size fee. There's mixed reports in terms of what that what that looks like, but um, the, the the last report and the guess is that we've paid around the four million pounds mark for him with a significant sell-on um, clause as well. So really highly thought of at, at PSG. But really interesting to see how he goes. And as you say, do you throw him in? It'll be it's a home game, although as you say, there's no fans, so that doesn't really play. But it would certainly be a baptism fire, but you've got to think if he's that highly thought of and he's available and they've paid the fee um, and based on what we saw at the weekend, you slot him in, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's, you know, players that come from the, the PSG academy are usually no mugs, um, even though, to be fair, a lot of them don't actually end up making it into their first team because they just have the, the riches that PSG have. Um, they're usually very talented uh, so it'll be interesting to see what so can offer um, you know given the the fee that we've we've apparently spent on him um you would think that that the club see him as a as a starter if if you're not if you're not starting him i'm I'm surprised on on the fee that we've spent on him um he could be a long term a long term investment um maybe they see him kind of like bedding in slowly. Um, but obviously, they certainly see something in the kids. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Long-term um, projects
0: and Forest don't tend to be uh, words no, that would be uttered in the same sentence. I don't think... Like Sabri, if Sabri thinks he's, he's up to it, if I was Sabri, I'd throw him in. Because um, otherwise, from what we've talked about, he might not see his debut, um, which is a worry. No, that's very true. I mean,
1: we're, we're already talking about Sabri potentially going after after one league game so you, you're correct there's certainly no long-term projects if you like uh, in terms of anyway the, the immediate playing playing staff and management staff um, but yeah you know I, I would potentially like to see him in there um, because I think it just make for a really interesting uh, little battle between him and, and Kiefer Moore potentially or whether it would be Warrell against Kiefer Moore and And so, being mindful of kind of the other midfield tricky options that they have in their team, yeah, it's an interesting. So, with that
0: in mind, we we disagreed when we were um, when we were WhatsApping last night on what our um, starting eleven would be. And you you said you'd make your thoughts clearly known this morning. So, what we're saying team wise, obviously, you're going to start with Samba in goal. Um, You keeping young Gabriel at right back? Yeah, I'd keep Gabriel at right back. I
1: think. I think for me, like we said before, give him a run of games. Um, yeah, he had a difficult start to his, his, you know, his league career for Forest against against QPR. But for me, the more you play a player like that, the more they'll they'll learn to to make sure that uh, they maybe don't leave you as defensively exposed as maybe we did seem at times on Saturday. So I,
0: I was Gabriel at about, right back. I think we've we've mentioned the centre halves. So Warren and So, we're going with.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go for and So, um, although that could be seen as slightly controversial, already ripping up your centre back pairing after one league game. Uh, usually, the key to success at centre back is consistency. Um, but I'm I'm really intrigued about so. Um, I'd really like to see him up against Cardiff because I think that's really good uh, judgment of a defender in this league to play a Neil Harris Cardiff team. Um, I think will be quite tasty. So yeah, let's let's keep the saying, one mate.
0: position then. That I think we're going to disagree on, which is why I've left that left back. I'm going Blackett. I thought he was solid. I thought he had a decent game at QPR. I think if you've picked him for the first game, didn't do enough to drop drop him for me. I, I'm guessing you dis- disagree.
1: Yeah, you know me too well. You know me too well. Of course, I'm going to disagree. No, I, I want to see ribs back. I want to see Ribiera back in there. I think Lamucci knew he made a mistake, and I'm not saying that was because Blackett was bad. Like we said, I don't think Blackett did too much wrong, but I also don't agree with the, all the criticism that's coming Rubio's way because I think we leave our, I think we leave our defense pretty exposed at times. Anyway, you can't just blame blaming that. I, I like what he offers the team. I, I think he's genuinely very, very hard working, both in attack and defence. I'd like to see Rubiero back in the centre
0: midfield. Um, we talked about Colbach and in, in Yates and the QPR I think Coleback, for me keeps his place. Um, on if he's fit, and obviously Lemucci's talked about having a full squad to select. I'd like to see Sam Basau back. Um, question marks whether he will be fit, as always. If not, I'd probably give Basher a go in there.
1: Yeah, I think keeping Cole back in um, just for a bit of consistency in that midfield area uh, would be good. Uh, for me, I would go with Basharou. Um, you know, Sam Bissau, look, there's talks obviously of having a full fit squad, but you know, the words Sambasau and injury never seem to surprise me. Um, I'm not sure I'd risk him straight away. I know what it's like to be a Sambasau midfielder, given my 4 side heroics this weekend, okay. and I've already become injured myself. So, uh, yeah, no, I would, I would go in with Basharou. Um, because, like I said, I'm surprised, I'm surprised he didn't start against QPR. I would have thought, given the amount of league games he's already played for Malmo this season, um, that, that he would be an obvious choice and I'd like to see what he can offer. I don't think, like I said, I don't think he did much wrong against Barnsley. So for me, it'd be callback. And, back and then obviously
0: through. it goes about saying we're, we're keeping to the the four two three one system. So the the, the three people playing behind the striker, I, I'd, I'd go for Freeman, Lolly, Amiobi and grabbing up top. I think it picks itself.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I'd agree with you. I think I'd agree 100%. I think Lolly and Amiobi are the strongest wide players at this moment in time, although I'd like to see another wide player come in. Uh, Freeman, I think it'd be nice to just uh, get him a run of games in that role and get his link-up play with grabbing and the wide players. Um, so I think keeping him in is a, is a good idea. Uh, and grabbing, you can't really drop grabbing. I know he's missed a couple of chances. Um, he's not scored for a run of games. But you also know that he will likely go for a run of games very soon where he does constantly score. Um, and although I would like to see Lar Taylor a bit more as well, um, I think keeping in grabbing him for these first few games at least would be the yeah. smartest idea. So I, I, I think for confidence, know, we talked
0: about grabbing earlier on being a confidence player. I think especially after Saturday, yes, you could argue we've got strength in depth up top and you've got Taylor waiting on the bench to, to kind of take his place. But I'd like to give him another game, give him a run of games, get him on the score sheet, get that confidence flowing again, and then interchange mm-hmm. Taylor and Grabber. And once you get into those um, three games in a week fixture period. Uh, I think that's where that combination, whether they play as a two, as they did in the second half on Saturday, or whether you just rotate them, um, I think that's where you'll start to see more of, Lyle Taylor, but most definitely, I think I'd go back. I, I, I'd keep grabbing up top. Um, prediction wise, then obviously we've talked about core We need a win. Um, what are you going for?
1: I'm gonna. You know, we talked about the first episode, me being the the pessimistic one, but I'm um, I'm gonna go two one Forest. There's the two uh, one again. The classic. Two, There's the two one again. About. Yeah, the two one is back. Two two one is back for a second week running. Um, you know, I think Forest are desperate for a win. I'm not, you know, going too mental yet at the fact that we've lost one league game and lost a uh, a cup game where he seems to have played some players that he actually still doesn't have any plans for. Um, and I think Forrest do have something about him. Uh, so I'm going to go to... Yeah, wild. I'm
0: going for a Forest win as well. I'm going a bit more optimistic. Um, I'm going for a 2-0. Um, I think we'll get back on to winning ways, keep a clean sheet... And hopefully I have a lot more happier things to, to talk about next week. Um, but, yeah, 2-0 Forest for me. Well, that's it for this week's pod, guys. If you want to get in contact with us uh, to give us your thoughts and opinions or just generally give us some feedback on the show, you can email us at timeaddedonpod at outlook.com.
1: Or give us a follow on Twitter or give us some stick, if you like, on Twitter uh, at timeaddedonpod. See you next week, guys. You read. See you next week, guys. You read.